What would you do with your life if you knew you couldn't fail? If you had all the money, all the time, all the knowledge, all the resources that you needed, what would you do with your life if you simply knew that anything was possible for you? My name is Christina Carlson, founder of global Swedish design and inspiration brand Dream Life and author of the book Your Dream Life Starts Here. And I love exploring these sorts of questions to inspire people like you to chase your own dream life, whatever that means for you. Many years ago, I wrote down a dream on paper that would one day bring Swedish design to the world and create beautiful, inspiring and meaningful products that would bring sparks of joy into the everyday lives of millions. Now that I have achieved that dream, I want to leverage everything I've learned to help you dream big and to create a global movement to inspire 101 million people to transform their lives and transform the world in return. Each episode will dive deep into the power of dreaming and share real insights and practical ideas that you can use immediately to build a dream life of your own, whatever that means for you. Hi there and welcome back to another episode. At the time of releasing this episode, it's 1st of July 2022, which means it's exactly six months to go of this year. So I wanted to have someone on that is super inspiring and who can help us getting excited about the next six months and really to inspire us to make the most of this year. About two weeks ago, I arrived in Sweden and I had a coffee with my friend Lisa. When I drove home from catching up with her, I was just so inspired. And that is why I asked her to come on the podcast today so she can inspire you as well. Lisa Lemke is a freelance food creator, food stylist, pizzeria owner, and television chef. For about 15 years, we have been able to follow her super relaxed, creative, and glimpse approach to cooking and recipe creation in mainly Swedish food magazines, but also in magazines all over the world. Her many cookbooks are also translated and have been awarded both in Sweden and abroad. Lisa has been cooking in national TV since 2011, and she is also a popular host, presenter, and moderator for different events like fairs, awards, and debates. She also does a lot of lectures talking about everything from setting goals, being an entrepreneur, balance in life and business, to having fun at work, and also about digging where you stand. Lisa is also a personal friend of mine and she lives in my hometown where I grew up. There she lives with her husband who is also a chef, have two small children and lots of animals. One of the best things with the house, if you ask Lisa, is the old wood-fired stone oven in the old backyard house. This is rebuilt into a food studio and a popular weekend pizzeria and it's actually open during the week in summer where Lisa and her husband work mainly with local produce. It has been become a huge success and people are traveling from over the country and actually internationally as well to visit the pizzeria. Every single time I see Lisa, she is just so inspiring. So I hope by having her on, you will be super inspired to make the most of 2022. Hi, Lisa, and welcome to my podcast. Hi, Kiki. Finally here. I know. I am so excited because when I started a podcast, 
we actually did an interview and the technology didn't quite work. And the, since then, I've been wanting to redo it, but I wanted to do it in person because we live so close to each other in Sweden. <laughs> but then when I arrived in Sweden a couple of weeks ago, you were the first person that I saw outside the family and we had coffee and I just drove away from your beautiful place so so inspired and then when I was planning the podcast for this week which is 1st of July when this one will be released I wanted for the listeners to be super inspired because it's half month of 2022 I can't believe that and then I thought I want some someone really inspiring and someone who can really help us all get inspired to make the rest of 2022 the best. And I thought of you and here we are. Oh, that makes me so happy. And I feel like I have a lot to live up to now. Just being you is just perfect. But before we get started, I always ask the same question. And that is, did you have a dream as a child? So this could be something you wanted to do or have or become. Yeah, I love talking about with people about dreams. Actually, I have two restaurants that I guess we will talk about more later. And just the, the other day, two days ago, we had the first like, kickoff with the uh, people who um, start working for the summer, which is our high season, one of the high seasons here. And uh, there were a lot of new faces and a lot of young people, which I love to work with. And when we were going around the gang, I also asked everyone to tell us what they were dreaming about because I I love dreaming I love like the small dreams the big dreams and um, I had a lot of dreams as a child uh, but one of the biggest one that has probably shaped me a lot into the life I live today is that I dreamed about which might have been a bit odd for a young girl <laughs> was that I wanted to be a farmer I dreamed so hard about becoming a farmer when I was like eight, nine, ten years old when all other girls dreamt about, I don't know, like cutting hairs or something. I don't know what you about. That's yeah. what I dreamt about. <laughs> Most of them did, but I wanted to be a farmer. I love that because I grew up on a farm and the last thing I wanted to do was to become a farmer because I saw how hard you have to work to be a farmer and how weather dependent you are and and that we were working on holidays so my actually my dream as a child was always to travel because we never did because of that hard work so we have listeners from all over the world definitely Sweden but from all over the world so not everyone might know about you yet and um, I would love for you to share a little bit about your journey. As you said, I didn't become a farmer, still dreaming about it though, and makes whatever I can to like feel like a farmer. I actually live neighbor with the farmer today on a small, in a small village on the countryside outside of Falkenberg on the West Coast. I live in an old rectory here, which I've lived in together with my family, Marcus and my husband and our two kids and some animals. And uh, we lived there for 10 years now, actually. Time flies. It feels like it was yesterday that we moved into this like over 100-year-old house. But I lived here on the West Coast for about 15, 16 years. And um, moving here to Falkenberg, which is like quite small city on the Swedish West Coast, about one hour south of Gothenburg, which is the second biggest city in Sweden, was probably the smartest thing I'd done for my career. Because 20 years ago, about 20 years ago, I started my own company. I was quite young then. I was only 
2021-22. But already then, I dreamt. I have a big dream about working with my biggest passion. And my biggest passion at that time, and kind of still is, was writing about food and inspiring people to cook more. And at that time, just like after millennium change, there was a big change in Sweden when it came to food. I was about, I, I was studying to become a journalist, but I was missing food so much. I hated writing about politics and business and, and football. I was a really bad journalist when I, when I did football. But what happened then was that food made a bigger entrance in media. All of a sudden, there were more food in TV, more more magazines writing about food. It was in every newspaper, there was food. And there I saw an opening for me because what I missed studying to become a journalist was actually food. Food had always been. And today I say that when I was dreaming about becoming a farmer, that was actually my first step against working with food. And I grew up in a family where food was a big love. And my brother became a chef. But for me, working as a chef uh, or studying to become a chef, chef wasn't at all my cup of tea. Because uh, during that time, I mean, 90s, the restaurant world, the restaurant scene in the kitchen was totally different than it's today and what it's becoming and where it's going, which I guess we were going to talk about a little bit more later on. And instead, as I said, I've always been dreaming. I've always been like letting my passion and heart doing a lot of my choices and decisions that I made in my life. So I wanted to become a journalist and I wanted to write about my biggest passion, which was food. And the only way I saw was as a 21, 20 two-year-old was to start my own business. And me and my today husband, Marcus, was living in Gothenburg. And everyone that I work with, I was a freelance food writer, was telling me that you can't live in Gothenburg, you know. It's in Stockholm where everything happens. If you're going to be in this business, if you're going to do this, you have to move to Stockholm because this is where it happens. So instead, I moved to Falkenberg. And I can tell you, uh, or I don't have to tell you, but I can tell the rest of the world that Falkenberg, which I love, is in Stockholm. I told you that that was probably my smartest choice career-wise. Because what happened was that I became more unique in my business. I became more unique and I also, what I felt, got closer to the readers in a way. Because there's a lot of people living in Stockholm, but even more living outside of Stockholm. If you live in every big city, it's so much more to choose from when it comes to food. You can, you can buy stuff that you can't buy living in a smaller city, for example, and you get more inspiration. And for me, it feels like I had a big work living where I lived instead of just swimming in the same lake as just the rest of the others I'm working with. So that was a really big thing for me to do. And what I also saw was that Falkenberg, one of the biggest reasons that I love this city so much and this area is that it's the place to be if you love good food and if you love like really good producers, growing things, having animals, just like working with food in all different ways. It's the best place to be on if you work with food. The thing 
that I look forward to most is a few things, a handful of things that I miss not living here full time, but you appreciate it even more. And especially after the last three years, I'm so, so grateful. The nature is definitely part of my love for this place because just being able to, you know, walk outside the door and then being in the most beautiful forest is just unbelievable. But one of my favorite things and one of the things that I always do if I have visitors from overseas, but also from other parts of Sweden is to bike to your restaurant. I mean, the food is outstanding, but for me, it's the whole experience. So it's it's about the bike trip there, which is when you live in a big city, perhaps, you know, Sweden is different, but for the rest of the world, you don't bike uh, to destinations. You might bike for exercise, but you don't, like we don't do that um, in Australia, for example. So that's just a beautiful experience and the nature and the fresh air and then your amazing restaurant. So maybe just tell us a little bit of how you actually got into having that. And I will uh, add some pictures, etc., links so people can see it, but maybe just explain how you got into that because it's such a unique concept and so popular that people now come from all over Sweden and perhaps other countries as well. Yeah, visit. actually, yeah, especially now when you can travel. <laughs> Falcon Bay, which many people maybe don't know, is actually a part of the Copenhagen area. We have like two hours there. So, so yeah, we do have a big international scene as well here. Maybe because of one of the reasons you mentioned, it's, it's a quite a unique place, which you can't really find in the rest of the world. Anyway, I started to write work as a food writer, but I always... I never wanted to shut any doors for myself. I always wanted to work in a way so I can say yes to stuff that I would love to do and jump on and trying not to be afraid to do new stuff and learn new stuff. So from just being a food writer, new legs came into my business, like a food stylist. And I started with TV. I started writing cookbooks, done about 10 of them and just became living, breathing sleeping food <laughs> all the way. And in that way, it was really good that I was married to a chef as well that shared the same interest. We came to Falkenberg because of my husband, actually, Marcus. Uh, he and a couple of friends wanted to start a restaurant and ended up in Falkenberg, uh, which I said was one hour south of Gothenburg, where we lived. And uh, we ended up moving here. And to be honest, I said that Falkenberg is the best place on earth when it comes to food and all the things you can get here, which like lovely produce and, and uh, ingredients and stuff like that. But 15 years ago, it wasn't like that, actually. And when Marcus sold his part of the restaurant because he wanted to do something else, we were almost like, I mean, we knew that there were great producers around us. That That's the way Marcus worked with, at his restaurants. But going out to eat, as I said, about 15 years ago, all of a sudden we just felt almost like angry about that. We saw like lamb from New Zealand and tomato from Spain on the menu where you could just as well buy stuff from around you. So we started to dream about just like opening our absolute favorite restaurant or just want to do a project together. It could be like I needed to start a new, a bigger studio because I, I needed, I always work from home and I, I thought that I needed to, to move away from home with my business. So I was looking for a studio to work in. And then we talked about me and Marcus that, yeah, my, maybe we could have like a small deli in the studio or, or like a restaurant in a way. And when we started to looking for uh, a new place to live 
because we always dreamt about moving out to, to the country. Actually, even though I dreamt about being a farmer, I actually never lived in on the countryside. I was raised in a small place, just like on one side it was nature and on the other side it was just like a regular were a lot of houses. And both me and Marcus shared a dream of that, about that. We wanted to try to live on the countryside for a while to see if it was what we actually were dreaming dreaming about. So we had this place, a village outside of Falkenberg, which is called Skreabacke. It's like Skrea Hills, which was absolutely our favorite like village to live in. But there weren't any houses here for us. So we just like for two years, I think, we tried to find a place on the countryside where there's a house we could live in, but on the, on the farm also like a, a small house where I could have my studio. And we always like tried to find a place as close to Skia Backe as possible. But all of a sudden, the old rectory was for sale. And I remember calling Marcus and like, oh my God, I, I, I'm willing to pay as much as possible for this. This is a dream come true. We can be with the loans forever and ever and ever, just as long as we get this place. One of the first things we actually saw was that in, one, in the house on the farm, like the, the barn, a small barn, there was an old stone oven in there. And I remember so clearly this this was like 11 years ago that we looked at each other and just like, we're going to make pizza there. We're going to make pizza there. Pizza always been a thing for us. And it's the perfect dish for me. Uh, so uh, all of a sudden I was pregnant and uh, we just thought um, this might sound a bit <laughs> weird as well. We felt that we were going to have so much time now <laughs> that we became parents. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so we felt that it was the perfect uh, opportunity to start a weekend restaurant in the old barn. So after our daughter was born, Lily, we started to renovate for a year and we opened up Prusten's Pizzeria. Uh, it's like the priest pizza. And we thought that it was going to be a restaurant for friends and family and our lovely, lovely neighbors. But we were so wrong. The place was always, nine years now, been built on what me and Marcus want when we go out for a restaurant. When it comes to the atmosphere, um, how it looks, how it feels, and how people treat you, and and not to mention the food, the drinks, everything, the local produce that we use. Uh, it should only be our restaurant and how we also greet people. That's actually, for me, one of the most important stuff. So we opened up, and uh, after a year, we were, as I said, we were so wrong about our plans. Uh, Marcus actually had to start working full-time with this place, and we hired people. And today, nine years after we opened, we have like, yeah, 13,000, 14,000 people coming to our small village every year uh, for visiting our restaurant. And also we got uh, more family members, not only kids, but also another restaurant about 400 meters away and a small distillery, which opened last year. So all of a sudden we have actually become quite a big business that attracts a lot of people, uh, which is just amazing. 
I couldn't agree more. It's just, it's a paradise out there. I just absolutely love it. It's yeah, so it's actually in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> right? It's only fields around. <laughs> and you know, it's so nice because since you started, there are so many other places that are very great as well. So it's becoming really a food destination and it's just such a beautiful place. And and it's funny because I drove past your place yesterday because I went to Ugglarp's uh, Grönt, which is the veggie shop. And I went there with um, my girlfriend from Gothenburg who kind of sometimes drive from Gothenburg just to shop there. And I kind of pinch myself thinking we're so close. And a lot of people don't even know about it uh, in this, well, maybe know about it, but maybe don't visit it. And I'm just like, this that's like heaven for me. So there's just so many beautiful places. That that uh, yeah, and that's what I wanted to come to. Actually, Mickey who has Uglapskrant together with Mia today. He's he's always since I moved here 15 years ago to Falkenberg. He has always been the one I leaned on, the one I had contact with all the time, trying to get the food scene in Falkenberg in the right direction. It's a lovely uh, veggie shop, but to be honest, he's like the biggest inspirator when it comes to veggie farmer for the best chefs in Sweden for like he's been delivering to Noma which is it's one of the best restaurants in the world he's like fantastic he's my guru when it comes and we are we are so happy to work really really closely with him today we can ask for stuff like Mickey can you grow this for us or when it's busy we can actually ourselves go there to harvest stuff directly on his like fields it's amazing it's just by the ocean as well so it gets a real fantastic vibe to the veggies and uh, what is what is as you mentioned so fantastic and gives me a feeling that Everything is possible is that, as I said, 15 years ago, um, a lot to do when it came to the food scene in Falkenberg. And there were a feeling that, oh, yeah, you know, in the cities around us, everything is possible. But here, no, we can't do anything. And to see that change in the totally opposite direction, uh, it has been an amazing travel to be a small part of. And Today, it's like, as I said, it's actually one of the best places in Sweden when it comes to food, the food scene, the bakeries, the restaurants, the small shops where you can buy your food directly from the producer. A lot of people, a lot of tourists come here not for the beaches. They come here for the, the food, I would say today. It's fantastic. I couldn't agree more. I absolutely love it. And it's it's always new and they haven't been able to be here for the last two and a half years, there's new places coming up as well that I haven't even had a chance to visit yet. So it's really exciting and you know it's all done with passion. There's one quote, when I hear that quote, I think of you, and that is the Pippi Longstocking quote. And I'm not sure if I'll say it correctly, but it's something in line with, I haven't done this before, so of course that should be fine to do. So basically meaning, I haven't done this before, so of course I can do that. And I feel like that is you in a nutshell because you don't just have like restaurants. And every time I see you, I'm like, how do you manage all this? And how do you actually have energy to all this? So so for people who are listening who are thinking of their dreams but not sure if they can do it, I feel like you are such a great role model because – I'm assuming you don't, well, none of us knows everything when we're born, (laughs) of course, (laughs) but you know, your TV skills and your personality with on stages, I've I've seen it. It's just, you just you uh, and so authentically you, but also 
TV and whatever comes with that and public speaking and all that things, you are just so amazing. So can you give us a little bit of tips on how, because I feel like you're just so open to everything and you always keep a little bit of space open to something new coming in. Yeah. I love that you said that I'm always me. Uh, And I think that's one of the keys to be humble. And I learned that from a lot of other people and just to be humble that and be open with that you can't, you're not a pro from the beginning. I mean, we need to start with crawl and then walk and then run and so on. That's the way life works. And to be really open for that, that we can always learn new stuff and it's okay to be a beginner from the beginning <laughs> and and also be humble enough to ask other people for help which is like the first if you want to be more um to collaborate more with people and be more in a network and everything i think that is the the biggest um knowledge you have to have with you that you have to come in with an openness and and um to be able to be you know vulnerable and weak as well to say could be able to say that yeah you know i have a problem with this or i can't really do this and uh, ask for help and that's is the best way to become strong and to get really good colleagues and people in a network that could help you and also i mean i mean marcus haven't done this Uh, with two restaurants and the distillery and everything. We have our dreams on our own. We have the best of teams working with us. And uh, just to make sure that everyone are doing what is best for them and in a way that's best for them. So we all grow together. And also, as I said, be yourself, be real, be... uh, it's okay to be imperfect. Just be yourself all the time. And I love when I have, like when I started with TV or when I, like you said now, and I have friends coming up or people who come up to me in the shop, for example, if they're just shopping, being a, a regular person. And people are like, sometimes uh, they say like, oh, you're exactly the same as you were on TV or when I saw you there and I listened to the pod or when I saw it. And I mean, there's no one else I can be. I, if I have a restaurant in my home, I mean, in the morning I'll go out in my pajamas and, and you know, do the flowers or something. I, I have to be myself all the time. And I think that's the first thing you have to do. You can't be uh, like make a concept of your dream. You have to be real and you also have to be open for changing it during the way. That's a thing that me and Marcus does do a lot. Like, okay, maybe this wasn't the best way. Let's do that. And we always also had like a, like growing organical in a, in a way that when we started Pustan's pizzeria we uh, didn't take the biggest of loans and just like bought the most expensive shares and lamps and plates and did the place perfect from the beginning uh, because we had the knowledge we had an experience in the in in his history when marcus started uh, the restaurant after a year there was just after the tsunami in thailand there was and uh, in, in east asia there were a uh, big big storm here in Sweden, uh, which actually 
like destroyed a lot of parts of the south of Sweden, the forests, the fields. And at that time, when the storm was coming from the west, it wasn't the best thing to have a restaurant on the beach in Falkenberg. It was totally destroyed. And a lot of things we learned then as a couple was that um, everything can happen. Everything can happen. Grow slowly and like... uh, like ten ten dollar in ten dollar out, you know, like just grow organically uh because uh then you have the freedom to be uh, brave and to tr- be able to try new stuff, then you don't have loans up to years that tells you no, I can't try that, I need to do this because that I know gives me most money, and we have a rule actually for our restaurant, and that is. Um, that we should always be able to close the door for a month and just like close the whole business down uh, with all like staff getting paid and and stuff if life happens. And today, (laughs) 2022, I think the whole world knows that everything can actually happen. And I think that rule made us really, really strong uh, I mean, we had to use it before in history with like uh, family members dying, stuff like that. But when COVID came, uh, that made us really, really strong. Um, so that's that's our key in our businesses that like grow slowly, invest like when you get the money. And uh, and that has made us, that that's a business concept that works very well for us. It's been so amazing to see how all of us had to pivot to to find different ways of doing things, and um, it's so good to to see that you guys survived because a lot of restaurants didn't, especially on the other side where we had lockdowns for so long. So exactly, yeah, my heart is beating for them. Yeah, there is another quote that I love that you often say, and I'm not sure if it sounds good in English, but it's for for those who can't. So for anyone who's listening, this is a a quote where you do things for those who can't. So if you have the privilege of having legs, you can run. Because I remember you... Being alive, you know. (laughs) Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, there's always a side of that quote that makes you say yes to stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because I remember, this is quite a few years ago, I remember you just did a half marathon without practicing and you said, I I did it for those who can't. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you are so so crazy. And then I also remember you seem to like swimming in cold water, which is not not my favorite thing to do. And you (laughs) said, well, I'm doing that for those who can't. So there's always a good excuse to say yes. So tell us a little bit about how you use that because losing people and I feel so privileged to just be alive because that's not the case for everyone no exactly and i i that's also actually the the i ask my kids that it's actually from an inspiration from you kiki i remember a a dinner we had when we did uh, um uh, we we had a question going around the team uh, or around the table where we had to say where we said like what are you grateful for today? What have you learned today? 
what would you like to take a picture of and keep from today? And what's the goal for uh, yeah, the 4Js? The 4Js, <laughs> <The four> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I started to do that in my own family. But since we have restaurants and stuff, we don't always have like family dinner together, together every day. So we do it as often as we can. But what we do every night, the last thing I ask my kids before they go to sleep is, what are you grateful for? And uh, that's one thing that happens when uh, I, I believe that crises are, I mean, you in the best of world, you wouldn't like crisis. You would li- just like be rid of crisis. But it also, there's always something to learn from crisis. Like when a person dies or if a person gets ill or um, climate crisis, economic economic crisis uh, there's always a thing to learn uh, and to be grateful for and a big change in my life was uh, five years ago when uh, it was just like a crazy year family-wise because we we lost three family members like and we're not a small we're not a big family so it was so obvious when there were three shares less at the Christmas table, but um, one of them was uh, my um, my uh, brother-in-law, Marcus' older brother, uh, Niklas, that uh, that took his life after um, physical uh, unhealth uh, a short while. He was like the brightest, sunniest person who just loved talking to people and work as a taxi driver and just. And all of a sudden, he was uh, not with with us anymore. And for that, I. Uh, after that, I started really, the whole family was starting to like talk about a lot. What was, what is most important here in life? What is worth paying attention to? In which way should we prioritize stuff? Um, what do we have to be grateful of? And when something like that happens, it could be the smallest stuff. Um, that you realize that this is so unworthy to pay attention to. Why are we talking about, why am I focusing on this? Instead that I can just like, um, uh, why am I like thinking, oh, I need to be, I need to exercise uh, this many times a week. I need to be stronger. I need to have the best body. Or is it just like something to be grateful for that I can run uh, a mile and have uh, sore legs and feel like uh, sweat is raining and it's not the biggest, uh, you know, it's a mile, it's not that far, but just feeling things in my body, hearing uh, the birds sing, feeling the sun on my, my, my nose and, you know, feeling smells and just being alive, that's a gift. And that's something that we could, we should be grateful for every day. And uh, and in that way, I feel that crisis, in a way, is a good help if we are really like open to what we learn from them. What have we learned from the last two years? I think there is a lot we have learned, and I think um, there are so many people being lost after these years, and there are so many 
I mean, people we haven't met, people we love, things that have gone really, really bad with businesses and everything. But there's also a lot of maybe good things that we learned from all of this. And uh, I think we have always need to be open for that. Uh, uh, we ha- we do stuff for them. Those who don't can't, can't do them anymore. Um, so that's something that I carry with me all the time. Perspective, I think, is really good. And it's always a hard one because people say that I'm too positive and it's not like I'm pushing things away and just focusing on the positive, but I feel like there's so much to learn and so much to gain out of the negatives. And for me, the last couple of years definitely been really quite difficult with the business, obviously. Yeah. But I put a photo of a friend of mine who passed away in cancer a few years ago and he was in retail as well and I just kept thinking he would just be so happy to experience what I'm experiencing just to be here and every time I've felt a bit sorry for my first because I certainly had those days which is absolutely fine because sometimes we just need to go through it to get to the other side but it was just so helpful and there's so many great things um coming out of the last couple of years, but obviously also a lot of difficult things. One thing that I think that people forget about, because I know uh, that it can, it's so much easier to talk about the bad stuff sometimes than the good stuff. And it's so much easier to whine about stuff than to be grateful during certain periods of life. But what I would love to send with people is Uh, something that I learned from a coach that I went to. And uh, I mean, we all know it's sometimes it's so much easier to whine instead of being grateful and to talk about the negative stuff than the positive stuff. I mean, I think we've all been there during some periods. I know I've been, and I learned so much from them. Uh, But uh, we all have a brain and the brain is a fantastic thing. And one of the things I learned about the brain from the coach I went to, and this is something the athlete works with. I know that's the main thing with athletes is that the knowledge of that the brain takes every thought you have in your head as an instruction. So if you say, Oh, I'm so bad at remembering people's names. The brain thinks, okay, I'm going to make you bad at remembering people's names. And that could also be like if you say, oh, I'm so stressed. I'm so stressed. I don't know how to manage this this day, this week, this month. I'm super, super, super stressed. What will happen then? You will become super stressed, but you... Uh, and also like, no, I can't do that. It's, it's, a, it's a dream. But I mean, who am I? I can't do that. What will happen then? Yeah, you can't do that. But if you instead use your thoughts in the opposite way, and, and if you wake up in the morning and you just feel like it's the worst day, it could feel like, uh, <laughs> I mean, it could feel a bit lame saying, oh, what a beautiful day. Uh, I'm so happy when you're not that, but you can, you can cheat your brain, you can trick it. So if you just like, it's like people going to laugh, uh, laugh exercise, you know, it makes you happy, just like laughing. Or if you have a thought that I can run half a marathon, even if I haven't trained, if you have that thought for a couple of times, you will be able to do it. Or you build, um, Yeah, you you can use it in so many different ways to handle stress, to become more positive, 
to uh, climb mountains, to cope family life better. Yeah, there's so many stuff you can use that thought when we know how to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes we are so in the habit of being negative or, I mean, we all have those periods and that is absolutely fine, but just not, you know, being stuck in that is so important. We should be able to feel bad and we should, what I, we have, after Marcus' uh, brother died, we said as a rule, uh, I actually told my six-year-old son that the other day that when, when your uncle died, we, we, uh, in the family, you sat down by the table and decided as, uh, as a whole uh, team that from now on, we are talking about everything in this family, all the bad, all the good, all the frights, uh, what you're afraid of, all the, f- we, we just talk about everything. So it's not that I'm saying that we're going to go around and just be bright and hop- positive and cheerful and just like uh, blindfolded for the negativity in the world, but you can use your thoughts. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. One thing that fascinated me, I'm not quite sure if you do it still, but when we spoke last time, you started something to be friends with death. So tell us a little bit about that, because I have that as a chapter in my book, but also on my online course that life is short. And we all know that life will end in one day, but we often don't talk about it. And we often don't kind of make that in a positive way in terms of life is short. Even if we do get to live a long life, it feels short to me. To me, that's a motivator to kind of just do all the things that I wanted to do and not wait for that, you know, that perfect day, which never happens or when you're ready, because we're never ready until we actually start. Totally agree with that. I'm just the same person. I don't want to. Re- I rather have tried stuff and failed than regret stuff. And uh, that's super important for me and Marcus in everything we do. Uh, but <clears throat> what I real, I I always been like I have no filters. Uh, I always been very open with my. Uh, feelings and talking about stuff that that's my way of uh, getting my child's uh, in the right uh, direction I always said because I don't want them to google you know stuff (laughs) I want them to google but not the the wrong stuff so I always said like if you wonder something uh, come to me and I will give you the 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 super uh, clear obvious answer and I, I'm, I'm not going to tell any lies or have any filters. I will tell you the truth. And that have ended up with that, like my kids' friends come to me and ask for stuff as well. Like, how does this work? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> and I love that. And so when when death came in so heavily in our life, I was super, uh, I was super open with that, and we all were. And especially, I mean. Um, when the person decides to take his or her life, that uh, that is a very sp- uh, special um, um, uh, thing that happens, and the feelings you get. It's not like when you when you when the when the person dies of illness or natural age or stuff like that. It's it's so difficult that period of of um, when you when you're dealing with your all the feelings that of course and uh, we were very open with everything what I uh, realized then was that there were so many people I think I don't know if Swedish is very special about that because uh, we had it's it feels like Swedes have a lot of issues with 
how to deal with death and uh, showing feelings and how to talk with people in um uh, who lost someone and um in sorrow and in, in you know in, in grief but uh what i also felt that i realized that i have a lot of friends around me a lot of people around me who uh, said that they were so afraid of death in the middle of their life they were in like in their 40s that they sometimes um were saying no to stuff that they should have said yes to maybe because they were afraid of death and i felt like death we all know that we are getting born and we all know that we are going to die a day hopefully a long way uh we know that it's coming but uh, it's terrible if it uh, holds us back when we are alive and kicking you know um for me this might seem strange but for me Giving birth is like the coolest thing I ever done. A new life being born. It's such a strong feeling. So much feeling. But actually, uh, being present with the person taking his or her last uh, breath. Um, I mean, um, it's a so, such a strong experience for me. It's almost the same as, as giving birth. Um, and uh, I think we have to learn how to deal with death in a better way, both like how to deal with sadness and sorrow and grief and also not being afraid of it and also like what happens and, and the body and, and in a way of being more grateful to actually be alive and uh, to uh, do like when we're healthy, to do what we want with our bodies and and. And, and cherish them and and uh, to be able to say yes to things that maybe scares us like i don't know bungee jumping or starting business or, or something like that uh, and that's why i started together with uh, a couple of other people uh, a, like a um um, like a group where we just talked a lot. It was actually inspired a bit like from anonymous alcohol, uh, alcoholists, their way of talking in a group uh, where you listen more than you talk and you can't interrupt and stuff like that about different subjects when it came to death. And it first when we started up and it was at the restaurant, so we just had drank wine and, and eat and, and talked. And when we had the idea, we just like, is anyone going to come to this space <laughs> thing? <laughs> uh, and the magazine's paper were writing about it, and I just felt like, oh, my God, what are people thinking about me? But who cares? Uh, and it became so popular. I mean, I still get... I, I didn't have t time right now to continue with it, but one day I will. But um, still people today come up and like, oh, aren't you going to do the become friends with death again? It was just the best thing. And I would like to go again. And and it was, yeah, just sharing, sitting by table. And we were always like 12 people sitting by table and just listening and talking. And, and also we had like... Uh, we had uh, um, we um, weren't allowed to talk about what we heard in the group, um, so that really made people opening up and uh, becoming bigger persons, I would believe, and also me being becoming a bigger person. 
So I think it's uh, important to uh, not be afraid, like to meet your what you're afraid of. Yeah, I think it's so inspiring, and I've I've heard people who actually joined that and they just loved it. So what you did there is amazing, and I think another project in the future. We're running a little bit out of time now. I could speak to you forever, and I'm very lucky that I will be able to continue our conversation offline. But I wanted to just ask a couple of quick questions. One is. For anyone who's listening and today it's um, beginning of the last six months of the year. I love New Year's, of course, because I love New Year, but I, I see kind of my life as quarters. So I kind of focus on the next three quarters. But because this is halfway, Mark, I love for you to give some tips. When you feel like you need some kind of reset, what do you do to kind of get motivated to go back on to create and do the things that you love? Our problem is that we always like, running fast you know we always like but, but, but we want things to happen fast and then you might become especially now like when the world in a way opened up again it was like boom everything had to happen uh, and my challenge then is to just like uh, say to sit down for a while and just stop and just uh, both be grateful for what I've done but also like to analyze what Okay, where are we going? What 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 are good? What are bad? Is there something we can change? Have I forgot about something that was really important for me, like three months ago or or half a year ago, that just like happened to <laughs> disappear on the way? And just to have like, I mean, we have often we have like uh, kickoffs in work or um conferences or stuff like that what we're supposed to sit down but i think it's really important to do that in your personal life as well and just to analyze and just have a like okay stop for a while uh, give yourself an hour if there's an hour you have um for me and i know we share the same thing there it's really important to write things down because otherwise if i have a thought it just disappears for me it's i have to get it down on paper or if it's in the phone or if it's like on the computer but pen on paper is always a good thing but uh, uh, just to take a short break and see where I'm going uh, we actually me and Marcus had to do it just two weeks ago because we felt we we just were running and we just had to stop and just like okay where are we running what what is important to run for should we even run or should we walk are we doing the right and most important stuff right now? So just stop up. I love your quarter thinking. It's so easy that we always think about every January, we stop and write goals for the year. And then we forget to look at those goals or dreams. So it's good to have three months because that's easy to take in. Like, yeah, three months, I can take in that. What's important during three months? And I think also with three months, you can have a big vision for the year, but then you can just break it down. It feels much more manageable. And if you do, when life happens, which does for all of us, you know, then you can reset versus waiting for the next year. And, you know, some years are really tough and you don't have to wait until New Year's to to restart and you, you don't have to wait for a new quarter, but I find that quarters are really manageable and something that I really look forward to. I know you're a morning person, so I love to hear a little bit. Do you have a morning ritual or do you um, just go out in your beautiful garden? Yeah, and you know, uh, my daughter asked me uh, when we traveled for the first time now, we went to France uh, for the first time like 
since the world closed down. And she asked me, what's the best, what's the best place on earth, mom? What's the best country in the world? And I like, uh, there are so many places that are beautiful around the world and I love to travel, but uh, Sweden is fantastic in the way that we have winter, spring, fall, summer, and it's very different uh, how a uh, day looks during the year. And what happened with me getting older as well, and I love getting older for those who can't, you know, and uh, uh, is that I realized like now this period of year when it's so bright and lovely outside and the, everything is alive and I'm, I'm, I'm getting more and more of a crazy plant lady in my garden. Uh, I if there was a way not sleeping, I would definitely choose that way right now because I love being out, like setting the alarm super early. But the bad thing is that I also love staying up late right now um, and just going out in the garden with the coffee uh, on my own, nothing in the ears, just taking in nature. Uh, but you know what? During the winter time, I realized when it gets darker in Sweden that I need to recharge. I can't, I need to sleep more. I need to, like, you know, the bears go to sleep during the winter time. And what I realized about myself that I I need to be open for those changes in my well-being and what be open uh, for that my life is different during the winter and the summer half year in a way. Uh, so... The morning rituals are a bit different, but I can see the trend in my aging that I will go up more and more early. Just as my lovely granny did. <laughs> go up super early, light a candle, drink coffee, uh, just going around being on my own. And as the kids get older as well, I mean, before you could get your own time in the evening, but now I don't get my own time in the evening anymore. So I have to take it during the morning. Yeah, I live for mornings. And um, and I think it's really hard here in Sweden. You know, the sun don't go down until really late. And then it's up so early. And I love that when, you know, the sun gets up, but it's too early at the moment to hear. It's just so nice. And this morning I just went for a walk and I just feel gratitude through my whole body, like with the nature and it's just a beautiful way. And then I have a little policy for myself that I never have coffee before my walk because I look forward so much to that coffee. It's like, you know, when you go horse riding and the, you turn around home and it's like, oh, I always feel like running for the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that in the morning. And you know, another feeling is that like in the morning, I feel that everything is possible for the day. I feel like, yeah, I can make it. I will have time for everything. And sometime there around three, four, I realized that, well, no, it ain't going to happen today either. <laughs> but in the morning, I have like such a big feeling of, yeah. Anything is possible. It. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to know, have you got a favorite book? Oh, as I was working as a journalist, I always uh, ask people these favorite uh, questions like, what's your favorite, blah, blah, blah. And I loved saying those questions to people and i terrible at answering them because I'm like the wind. 
the one day it's this, then the the other day it's that, and I I'm just meeting new. It's like I asked asked did an interview a while ago, and they're like, "What's your favorite wine?" or "What's your favorite?" And like I can't ask I can I can't ask these questions, or I can't give you an answer to these questions because like. When it came to wine, for example, there's so many brilliant winemakers in the world. I can't just say that this is the wine I love most because there's always something I don't know. And it's the same with books. I read so much. It's my favorite thing to do. And uh, there's always new books. There's always, I always like, I'm, when I close one book, I'm, I'm feeling like, oh, this was the best book ever. Then I put a new book up and it's like, no, this is the best book. So my best answer there is just like be open for new books and new uh, writers. Yeah. That's my best answer there. I love it. I love it. And it's funny because I have a virtual book club, which is all about personal growth books. So we meet every Monday online and we read one book a month. And I have set the schedule for the books for 12 months, but I don't actually tell anyone until the month before because people like me, uh, who are a little bit of a control freak, so always want to know <laughs> what their plan is for the year. I can so relate to that, but I actually don't give it because I want to be able to change because there's so many books and it's funny because then otherwise people buy all the books and then we might not read it so I don't want I don't want that to happen but also have the opportunity to change because there's so many amazing books out there and what I love about books and learning from books is that someone put all their time and energy into learning something and then they share it in a book and I just think it's just so amazing that we can learn by doing that and not having to do everything and sometimes just to say well that's that's actually not for me that I'm not going to take that on or I'm not going to it goes both ways and also you know what I had that from my grandpa who became 99 and he was always open for new things the willing to always learn new stuff that makes us grow as a person. It could be reading a book. It could be taking a class. It could be meeting a new person. Just be open for new inputs, but also not just take everything as a truth, but to think about it. What can I get out of this? It's, oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, Lisa, this has been such a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for taking your time. I know it's a very busy time of the year, so I felt a bit optimistic getting you this time of year, but if you don't ask, you don't get. <laughs> so thank you so much first for taking the time, but also for all the amazing things that you are doing for our city, Falkenberg, and also for Sweden. But also I know you're doing so many great things for courses like the farmers and the, you know, even I saw you did things for Ukraine and so much we could talk about. So we'll definitely have you back. But I just wanted to <laughs> thank you so very much. Thank you for having me. Oh, how I love this girl. Every time I speak to Lisa, I feel that everything is possible and all we need is just to start. So I hope you are feeling the same and will get going with making your dreams and goals happening for 2022. I would love to know what your dreams and goals are for this year so I can support you. So please join my free Facebook group, which is called the Dream Life Podcast Facebook group and share what you're planning to do. It's a beautiful community with like-minded people that also have big dreams and goals. Also, have a think about what habit you will add or remove this month being July or whenever you're listening to it 
that will support your dream life. I will add a link to my habit club if you want to join us or just go to yourdreamlifestartshere.com. Have a wonderful week and please start taking some action and get excited about making the most of the last six months of 2022. I'll see you next week.